It is called Strive to Thrive. It's a program that uses technology to assist with prevention of falling by older adults. The National Council on Aging indicates that one in four adults age 65 plus fall each year, with the cost of non-fatal treatment as estimated at over $50 billion. Greetings again, I'm Adam Morgan. Enter into this picture the Thrive Center. It's an alliance of innovators, researchers, and healthcare providers collectively focused upon utilizing technology innovation to prevent falls and other challenges faced by older adults. With Colorado's growing aging population and being a tech arena, the work of the Thrive Center can easily be utilized here. Their leader is CEO Sherry Rose. We opened um, in 2017. And it was prior to the pandemic. And what we wanted to be was that experiential center where it was really engaging uh, not only older adults, but caregivers and the providers in the industry on new technologies and approaches to care that could really improve quality of life and quality of care. And so in 2017, we opened our doors and we really evolved from there. One of the things um, that we did, any product that's out there on the display floor um, is innovative, commercially available. We didn't want to show, although we work with a lot of companies that are startups that may be beta um, and will help them with pilots, we didn't want to showcase a product that wasn't commercially available. Because if you got interested in something and it never made it to market, then uh, we didn't want to advertise that product. But, um, you know, then we got into um, developing programs around the products. It's like that older adult who comes in or the family member who comes in with the parent uh, that wants them to enroll in our Strive to Thrive program, which is uh, on fall prevention. They don't need to know anything about Virtue Sense technology. But yet we pull in students coming out of PT school or OT school, and they're trained on Virtue Sense technology. And uh, it automates uh, the Tenetti and the Berg system uh, so that it makes their job easier. And the results of it, it's the outcomes uh, for that older adult. In your presentation, you were talking about falls and fall prevention. And one of the examples you gave was of an older gentleman you blindfolded to see if he could still have his equilibrium. So how do you help people with falls? Because that seems to be something that I think we become conditionally afraid of, even though it probably won't happen. But you say, oh, you're over 65, you're going to fall. I've never felt fallen before, but you're over 65, it's going to happen. What have you learned about falls and to help people with that, especially with the use of technology in falls? So falls result in a $50 billion cost to the U.S. healthcare system. And when we look at maintaining and sustaining our independence, uh, it goes right back to mobility. And uh, when that person falls, uh, and, and you have to take into account that $50 billion that we spend on falls in the U.S. healthcare system is about $3 million a year about 840,000 people who go into ER and are, and are admitted to the hospital. Uh, but how many people have a fall that don't report it? And so what we're looking at is fall prevention because that is what takes away their independence. 
And that's why they don't report it, because uh, it may take away their independence. And then the other thing that happens is that fear of falling sets in. So what do we do when there's a fear of falling? We tend not to go outside and exercise as much. And we tend not to be as engaged as we used to be. And that's the same thing on the brain side. Our brain can atrophy by loneliness and isolation and not engaging. On the physical side, our muscles can weaken, our core body strength, uh, the fact that we have that fear. I will admit I'm going through that as well. My mother had a fall in Atlanta, and I'm in Denver. And so she went through the hospital thing and the rehab thing. And they gave her a wheelchair for a while. And now she doesn't want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I put a walker in her room and brought her cane back and said, when I get back, this is where we're going. Oh, no, no, I can't do that anymore. Now, wait a minute. Before the fall happened, you may be 96, but you were walking with a cane. Physically, you're fine. We're not going to go back to that. But there are a lot of people that get locked into that. How can technology help them or, or, or give them the more confidence to come back again? Because you said the worst thing that can happen is that what takes you away is your fear of falling. Think about this. If you fall, you're sent into infer therapy. And so when you go to therapy, you're working with a PT and you may be looking around the room and you may see someone who maybe had a rotator cuff tear and uh, they're working with a personal trainer, and that's therapy. What we're doing is bringing them in ahead of time. We're assessing them to say, you've got a gait issue, could be a core body strength issue, and then we bring students and faculty in to work with them. So it's kind of like a service learning center, and um, and they're in there with their peers. So they're And I have one lady who brings her mother in, and she's like, you know what? I'm in my 60s. I'm going to get in this class. But they're with people that are just like them that are trying to prevent falls that will go in there and do the exercises, and we make it engaging. So we use technologies where um, we can put them into VR, and it may simulate them being in a grocery store shopping and so we'll have them go through that process. We also have a product called Obi, and we can project it on the floor where they might be stepping on piano keys, and it also will test uh, them cognitively to, um, you know, it could be Mary had a little lamb, and we'll play a few chords. They have to remember the chords and step on the proper keys. So at the same time, they're getting gait and balance, and they love it. Uh, And so in our smart home, they'll walk around the smart home and they'll teach them how, you know, to get out of bed. Um, If you fall, how to get up. And I had a 90-year-old lady in there who um, we had her get up when she got down. So, um, and it's a different approach for us and it's more geared toward fall prevention. Your program in Thrive also, it it really helps older adults become engaged in technology, probably far beyond the level that they ever thought they could do. And that gives them a whole nother level of confidence of being able to do practical stuff, but to be able to connect with this current technological world that we have now. Yes, and we've done the in-person classes just to, you know, teach them the very basics on 
you know, the difference in an iPhone and an Android phone or tablets um, and social media. What's the difference in LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram? And um, But that's a little bit different where when we're working with startup entrepreneurs who are coming in with a product, we'll bring the older adults in. And again, it's... Um, you know, invent for me or don't invent for me, invent with me. And uh, because they can give them feedback. So the there was uh, Temple University and we collaborated with them on a product called Upright VR. That's the one I mentioned where when they were into VR, it was really looking at where their deficit was. And so they were measuring by a 30-second countdown on head sway. So if you were standing still and I had you into VR and I said, just stare into space, 30-second countdown, and someone who has a gait and balance issue may sway a little bit. And then when we take their vision away, we'll say, now shut your eyes, 30-second countdown, they may sway more because now they're not focused on in space and the stars, and they want to see if they rely on their vision to stay upward. Um, and then we did a 30-second countdown on someone who was um, then spinning out of control. So what they were able to detect, and this is a professor out of Temple, what he was able to detect is, do you have to rely on your vision to stay upward? Uh, do you have any inner ear issues that maybe make you uh, a little unsteady? Or maybe do you have neuropathy in your feet and uh, you can't feel your feet to stand upward? So once they know what the deficit is from the battery of tests that they run through that VR, then they can focus on the strengths to overcome the deficit. And so what we did, we brought in 35 um, older adult volunteers um, all the way up uh, from latter part of the 50s to a 95-year-old gentleman. And he came in in a walker, but he was able to set his walker aside and stand there unassisted for that 30-second uh, countdown. And uh, just loved it because it engaged him. And we learned a lot um, about uh, this technology, and it was launched out of the Thrive Center through that capstone project uh, with the Bellarmine PT students. A lot of the medical community, at least doctors, are saying that baby boomers are probably the healthiest generation America's ever had at this age. We also know from being baby boomers how many concerts we went to when we were young, and now we don't have any hearing. <laughs> are you finding that some of the 60-plus boomers are having more issues with balance or maybe not as much? It's hard to say because I think with a lot of us boomers, we're staying active. Um, when you mention hearing, I think uh, hearing and uh, dental issues are linked to uh, dementia. Yes, because of the link gets close to the brain. Yeah. And so you can you can do some research on that, but hearing as well. So think about that. The best way for the neuroplasticity of the brain, the best way to engage the brain is really to do what we're doing here. So you ask questions. I have to listen. I have to process. I have to respond. If someone, uh, and that's why loneliness and isolation is so important. If someone is confined to their home and no one's talking to them and no one's engaging them and sitting them in front of a TV is not engaging them. You don't really, I mean, you, our mind can it's wander off. It's one way. Yeah. 
And uh, so the best thing to do um, really for dementia and to build the neuroplasticity of the brain and those connections, it's to learn something new. We used to think crossword puzzles. Well, now what they will tell you is learn a new language, learn to play an instrument, go out and engage with your friends. And um, so, but if you can't hear, you're probably not engaging in conversation. And if you think about it, when you walk into a lot of um, facilities, you'll see the same people sitting at the same dining room table, no conversation going on. And they likely can't hear the person across the table to really engage in conversation. So we focus a lot um, on hearing. And there are products out there. There's a product called Audio Cardio where it calibrates both ears for hearing deficit, and then they send a sound therapy through the pathways from the ear to the brain to open that back up. And so 14 days of using that for about 45 minutes a day, uh, in 70% of the cases, they improved hearing. It seems as if for people to better themselves and to thrive, the first thing they have to do is to admit to themselves that they have a challenge. What would you recommend to them to get over the hurdle of recommending to themselves, of saying to themselves, I have a challenge, let me reach out to something like Thrive to help me overcome it? There is that fear, I think, as we get older on um, you know, overcoming those challenges and overcoming those fears. But the, And it's always the first step is to accept. And we see so many people, even with dementia, that will try and mask it. And maybe they cooked a lot. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, and I hear these stories. I'm not going to cook. He's a better cook than I am. Or um, I'm just not going to go there today because maybe they can't find uh, the place where they were going. But I think if we can recognize it early on, and that's why we're looking at a lot of technologies out there, um, like through VR, that can do eye tracking to really determine if there's a processing gap uh, and we can identify it. Then we can get them into maybe some clinical trials earlier. There has been a dementia drug uh, for Alzheimer's that was just approved by the FDA. It's in front of CMS. And so I'm talking to the Norton Healthcare Neurosciences Group, and um, they want people to be tested. Um, and But what I will tell you as well, uh, because I just came out of this meeting, is we need a broad group of people in those clinical trials because the highest percent is probably our African-American community, and only 5% are in those clinical trials. Ms. Sherry Rose. CEO of the Thrive Center. Do learn more about them online at thrivecenterky.org. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get your vaccination and the new forthcoming booster. And we do thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.